Well, how does temptation come in our lives? We've seen the progression that you see it, you want it, you take it, and then you hide it. That's what we've been seeing. And it comes to us in a number of ways. The Bible calls lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. That's the big three. We're going to talk about that. We want to understand how we're tempted and all of that. Well, this morning, we're going to look at several things. We're going to see the temptation of Christ, how he was tempted, how he responded. Now, we're going to look at more of the temptation this morning. We're going to see more of the response next time. But as we start, you got to think about something. In the life of Jesus Christ, at the very beginning of the ministry, two things happened. Here they are, two major things. One was baptism, the other's temptation. Why was Jesus baptized? Why was the Son of God tempted? Well, when you think about it, why was he baptized? The baptism it means identification. And Jesus came to John and said, you baptize me. John said, oh, I, you should be baptizing me rather than me baptize you. But Jesus said, do this to fulfill righteousness. He's identifying with mankind. That's why Jesus Christ was baptized. But then temptation. Why in the world would Jesus Christ be tempted? Well, a lot of times when we think about it, why in the world would he be tempted to show us? To show, first of all, that he is perfect and sinless, and the second, to show us how to deal with temptation. So as we started, remember we'd ask these questions. What is temptation? It's the pull to do wrong. Is temptation sin? No, because Jesus Christ was tempted, so temptation is not sin. Where does temptation come from? It comes from the devil who controls the fallen world, and the fallen world afflicts our flesh. And so when, when we're tempted, there's really two options. You're either going to yield to the temptation, we see it, we want it, we take it, and we hide it, and we fail, and we sin, or we see it, we want it, and we somehow break that progression, and we obey God, and we have victory. And so we saw it. We've seen it over and over. See, desire, take, hide. We saw Eve. We saw Achan. We saw King David. We saw all of those who failed. And then we've seen those who had victory. We saw Joseph, how he had great victory because right in the middle of it, there was the seeing and the warning, but he got out of there. And uh, this morning, we're going to look at Jesus Christ who had victory over temptation, victory over the devil. And I want us to see this, this effect. We just said it was the world, the flesh, the devil. We said lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Look at first. John chapter 2 verses 15 and 16 he says do not love the world nor the things in the world if you love the world if one loves the world the love of the father is not him and then he goes and say but all that is in the world and then notice the big three the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the father but is from the world and that's where it comes Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. We're going to talk about it and explain it more, a little bit more in a minute. Lust of the flesh has to do usually with physical. Lust of the eyes has to do with either seeing something or, be, or wanting to be seen. And the pride of life has to be deal with ambition. And we see that Eve, she saw the food. It, she said, man, I want it. It looked good. It would make her wise. That was the pride of life. Achan saw that gold look good to him. It would make him important. David saw that woman and, and his eyes were on her. She looked good to him. He's the king. He can do what he wants to do. That's how he thinks. Joseph, I'm sure he saw that woman and desired her, but he was under control. And, and so he left and did not fall. And so we've seen those kind of things. That's the, that's the, the, the battle. And so all of us do that. By the way, Joseph, I just throw this up. Joseph refused to do it. He said no, based on the word of God. He knew he was accountable. It's supposed to be to Potiphar instead of pot, but it's accountable to Potiphar and to God. And then there was sin against God, and he knew it was sin, and then he fled and got away. So that's what Joseph did. Now, this morning, 
we're going to see this, the temptation of Christ. Now, there's the flesh aspect. Now, when we say flesh on Christ, there was not a sexual temptation, but we're going to see that there was a physical aspect of food, that kind of thing. Then we're going to see the lust of the eyes. That's to be seen or seen. And we're going to see what the, what the devil tried to do with Jesus. And then we're going to see the whole idea of the pride of life, which is honor and position. Because who is Jesus Christ? He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the Son of God. He's the eternal creator of everything. Who, if somebody was ever going to have pride, you could say, do you have, yeah, I'm the greatest. Jesus could say, I am the greatest. But he was humble, and we're going to see more about that, how it fits in there. So those kind of things. Now, in Matthew 4, which is, if you want to, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew 4. Just flip on over there, because what we're going to do is this week, we're going to look at Matthew 4. And that's where we're going to see how Jesus was tempted. Next week, we're going to look at Luke 4 and see how Jesus dealt with the temptation. Now, we're going to see a little bit of both today, but the idea is this. We're going to see the devil coming to Jesus and tempting him in those three areas. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. The physical aspect, the lust of the eyes, either to be seen or see, and then the pride of life, the whole idea of ambition and those kind of things. We're going to see how that fits together. So this week, how Jesus was tempted. Next week, how Jesus dealt with the temptation. And it's the same thing. Matthew 4, we're going to see the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Now, the reason we're going over this is because this is how you're tempted. This is how I'm tempted. This is how we're tempted. It's the same three areas. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. There's a physical aspect of temptation that you want something in a physical way. There's the lust of the eyes. Either it looks good to you and you want it that way, or it's something that'll make you look good. And the pride of life, it, it's for your honor. It's, it, it's a prideful aspect. All three of those things fit into every time we sin. Because what sin is really saying is, I want something for me that God doesn't want, or I want to do what I want to do rather than what God wants me to do. Whether it's to look at something, to see something, to be seen, ambition, to fulfill some kind of uh, lust of the flesh. That's what it is. And so we have to realize that that is there. And most of the time, we go through life and we act like we don't even know what's happening. And we know what is happening. So if you look at Luke, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now what we see is that both Mark and Luke make it clear the temptation went on for 40 days. Can't see it so much right here, but in Luke it talks about that he went into the wilderness and was being tempted by the devil for 40 days. So don't think that Jesus went out there for 40 days. He's just kind of out thinking, doing whatever he wanted to do. He didn't eat the whole time. Right toward the end of the 40 days, he says, you know, I haven't eaten in 40 days. I'm sort of hungry. And then the devil shows up. That's not what happened. He was tempted over that 40-day time period. Maybe toward the end there was these big three. We don't know. Or maybe these big three happened all the way through. Anyway, now before we get into this, I'm going to raise two questions that you need to think about. Because these are theological questions, and here they are. Could Jesus Christ have sinned? And if he's God and couldn't sin, let's talk about it that way, how could he be tempted? Okay? So that's the two big questions. And people raise it all the time. And there are people who teach that Jesus could not have sinned. There are people who teach that Jesus could have sinned. And so let's talk about the first one. Could Jesus Christ have sinned? Well, without waiting to see what you're going to say, the truth is this. There's, there's been a theological debate for years and years. 
goes back to the Latin. One is posse non compare, the other is non cosipare, which means one says able not to sin, and one says not able to sin. If he's God, and some people say he's God, the God-man, he is not able to sin. There's others that say he's God, but he's man too, so he was able not to sin. In other words, he could have sinned, but he didn't. Well, I look at it as that since he's the God-man and he's God, he's not able to sin. I don't think he could have sinned. And I don't think that it doesn't matter what kind of temptation is thrown his way, I don't think Jesus Christ could have sinned because he's God. Now, some people say, well, he's God, but he's man, and so he could have sinned. I just don't think so. I don't think that, that's how I look at it. You can look at it any way you want to. Uh, the devil comes to Jesus hoping to get him. Now, let me tell you, what is sin? Sin for Jesus Christ was to go contrary to what the Father had for him to do. If Satan could have got Jesus to go contrary to the will of God for him, that would be sin. What is sin in our lives? Going contrary to what God wants us to do. God says, don't lie, you lie, that's what? That's a sin. If Jesus was supposed to go to the cross and die for the sin of mankind and then be the king, Satan said, you can be the king now without going to the cross. That would have been sin. So we're going to see the temptations and how it works out. So could Jesus have sinned? I say no. You can say whatever you want to say. You'd look at the Bible, see what you think. I just don't think that's a possibility that he could sin because he's the eternal son of God. The second question is then, if he's God and he is, how could he be tempted? Because some people, if you can't sin, how can you be tempted? Well, the old saying that we used to have, a rowboat can attack a destroyer, but that doesn't mean the rowboat is going to conquer the destroyer. Uh, the devil can tempt Jesus, but that doesn't mean. He can be tempted, but that doesn't mean he's going to fail in the temptation. Now, the problem with us is we're not God. And so we're capable of sinning, and when temptation comes, we can be tempted and we can fail. But that's the two questions I want you to think about, because you may have never thought, could Jesus Christ have sinned? There's some people throughout history have believed that he could have. There are people throughout history who believe he could not have. I happen to be one of those who didn't think he could ever sin, because he's the Son of God, the eternal Son of God. And even though he's a man, that doesn't mean that he could sin, because he's the perfect man. Okay, anyway, we'll get more into that in another time. But let's look at the temptation, and we're going to see the three big areas. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Lust of the flesh, it's a physical aspect, we'll see that. The lust of the eyes is either something to be seen, ambition or something to be seen, or, and then the pride of life is to gain honor or something else as well. So that's the big three. So let's look at Matthew, and we won't go a whole lot of detail today. I just want you to think about it. And, and before we get into it, how many of you have ever read or studied, just say read, because a lot of you say, well, I haven't really dug it or studied. How many of you have read the temptations of Christ either in Matthew 4 or Luke 4? How many of you have ever read it? So most of you in here have read it, right? What did Jesus do? How did, because we're going to look at this next week, but we're, this week we're saying, how was Jesus tempted? Next week we're going to see how did Jesus deal with the temptation? How did Jesus deal with the temptation? Huh? He, he did what? Well, I, I, yeah, at one point he said, get behind me or whatever. Or, or, okay, now, so he said, turn to the Word of God. So we already know. We already know. How are you going to deal with temptation in your life? You've got to go to the Word of God. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not what? 
sin against you. Why does he say, put the word of God in our brain? Why do we tell people all the time, you need to memorize scripture. Need to, we, I've got a class, the 2-2, and every lesson, at the end of every lesson, they're supposed to memorize scripture. We have the 4-12, that every lesson has memorized in scripture. When our children on Wednesday night, you're going to see this next Sunday morning, they are memorizing scripture, right? Why? Why do we want people to memorize the Bible? It's the Word of God is in your brain. And, 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 and when a temptation comes, what does the Bible tell you? The Bible, the Bible says that's wrong. I don't have to... It, 1 Corinthians 13 might, uh, 10, 13 might come to your mind. God will provide a way of escape. So you know these things. So if you don't memorize the Scripture, if you don't study the Bible, if you don't really... We always talk about you've got to know the Bible, apply the Bible, and teach the Bible. You've got to know it. You've got to memorize it. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to have time in your life that you're taking in the Word of God. Why? Because it is vital for your growth. It is vital for you to be able to stand when the temptations come. And so that's the deal. So let's see it. It says... In, it, now, uh, this is Matthew chapter 4. And, and by the way, notice this verse carefully. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the, what does it say? By the Spirit into the wilderness, be tempted by the devil. Wait, who led him? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, go out in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit, Jesus is supposed to be tempted by the devil. Now, the devil's doing the temptation, not the Father or the Spirit, but they're putting him in that situation. Sometimes in your life, when you're obeying God, you get put in a situation where you might be tempted. Okay? Think about that. You go through life and you're seeking to live for God and you're doing everything the best you can and right and living by the scripture and temptation comes in your life. And you could say, well, if God really loved me, he wouldn't let this temptation come in my life. You live in a fallen world. Jesus lived in a fallen world. Jesus was tempted not by just the world itself and the fallenness of the world, but by the devil himself, the most evil being ever existing. I didn't say the most powerful being because God's the most powerful being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Michael, the archangel, is more powerful than the devil. Because there's, we talked about it in the book of Daniel where there was a battle in heaven and Michael kicked Satan out of heaven. But the, but the devil is a very evil being. So let's look what happened. We've got a few minutes. Let's look what happened. So Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, then he became hungry. I'm saying that I would have been hungry after the second day, right? Well, what about you, right? It said after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, then he became hungry. Let me ask you something. Is it possible for a person to go 40 days without eating? I mean, we know you can go only like three or four days or five days or something without water, and then you can't make it. How long can you go without eating? Anybody know that the, the records say, well, a person could go 21 days or 30 days or something? Does anybody know how many days you're supposed to be able to go without eating anything? Three weeks, so 21 days is what people say. That's what people say. Okay, uh, Jesus went how many days here? 40, and he didn't eat anything. Now, let me ask you something. Can you think of anybody else that fasted for 40 days and didn't eat anything? Hmm? Hmm. I'm not talking about, they eat nothing. Eating nothing for 40 days. Moses went on top of the mountain to get the law. God brought him up there and he went 40 days without eating. 
Then, as he started down, he came down, and they had already broken the laws. He threw them down. He went back up and went another 40 days. That's what it says. That's a long time without eating. You think it was a supernatural way that God preserved him and kept him going? What about Jesus? You think it's a supernatural aspect that he could go at least 40 days without eating? Have any of you ever gone 40 days without eating? I'm not talking about maybe drinking some water, but 40 days without taking in anything. That's a long time. 40 hours, 40 40 minutes for me is pretty hard. So Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. After he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. Now here he comes. And, And by the way, do you think he was really hungry? Is he a human being? Is he the perfect man? Is Jesus Christ, did he get tired? It says, remember when they were at the woman at the well? He was resting. He, he was resting by the well when he sent the guys into the city to get food. Uh, so he got tired. He was a human being. Did he cry? Did he weep? Yeah. Did he laugh? We say, yeah, where does it record that he laughed? It doesn't say it, but he had to laugh. My gracious, he had to laugh. I mean, it, huh? Oh, if you were, yeah, if you work with Peter, yeah. Look, if he looks down at us, he has to go. Oh my gracious, alive, right? So you know. So anyway, so look what happened. Here comes the tempter, and the first temptation is a physical area. Remember, lust of the flesh. Watch what it says. And the tempter came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, he's not eating, and the first temptation is physical. It's on hunger. And look what he says. If the tempter came. Now, it doesn't even tell us, but we know it. You could say, how do I know it's the devil? Well, just look back to verse 1. Tempted by the devil, and the tempter came. Verse 3, so it's the devil. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, in English, if I said, If you're the king, I don't know whether you're the king or not. That's a third, you know, for us, that's hypothetical. When the devil came to Jesus and said, If you're the Son of God, in the Greek, that's a first-class if, which means if and it's true. He wasn't saying if, well, I don't know who you are. He's saying if, and it's true, you are the Son of God. He knows exactly who he is. He said, if you're the Son of God, and it's true, you are the Son of God, why don't you just command? Notice, he didn't say tell. He didn't say make. He said command. Since you're God, and you, how did God create everything? He spoke it. He said, command it. Tell it. Tell it to become bread. Tell these stones to become bread. If, and it's true, you're the Son of God, command. Just tell it. Tell that these stones become bread. Command it. You have the power to fix your hunger. Let me ask you something. If you're Jesus, who told you to go out there? Who did? And who told you basically not to eat? Best we can tell. And, and if God wants, if God the Father wants the Son to eat, what will He do? He'll give Him something to eat. So Satan says, no, you don't have to wait on the Father, right? Do we have to wait on God for anything? Can't we just do whatever we want to do anytime we want to do it? But we better not. That's right, because God is working all things according to the counsel of His will. And we come under God's authority. Jesus Christ came under God the Father's authority. And so Satan says, listen, if you're really hungry, in which you are, and you're God, which you're God, you can do anything you want to do, why don't you command these stones to become bread? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Can He do anything He wants to do? No. He cannot go contrary to the will of the Father, right? Or else He would sin. 
So that's not it, no. Can, okay, I asked the question, can Jesus Christ do anything he wants to do? Can he lie? He cannot lie. He cannot go past his word. If he made a promise to us, can't, does he have to keep his promises? Yeah, because he can't lie. So there's some things God can't do. He can't lie, he can't sin, those kind of things. Okay, so what happens? There is the attack, the attack, lust of the flesh. It's physical. And by the way, we get attacked by the lust of the flesh all the time. Sex, drugs, food, all kind of pulls, they all pull us a, a, a physical way. I mean, why do people take drugs? Why do they take drugs? Because it makes them what? Feel better, feel good. Uh, there, there's all of this stuff, food. Why do people eat so much? <laughs> it tastes good. And we say, you know, you're going to have to not eat as much. I don't, I want to eat. Right? Right? Don't we want to eat? I'm starving right now. But anyway, so here's the deal. So think about it. So we all get attacked by this. So the very first thing, what did Jesus do? Now we already said it. What did he do whenever he was attacked? Went to the what? We'll talk more about it next week, but look what he said. It is written. And where was it written? Deuteronomy. How many of us have studied Deuteronomy recently? <laughs> you have, because she's been studying Deuteronomy. But most of us say, Deuteronomy, where is that? It's the, first, it's the fifth book of the first five books. But anyway, it, it's the law. And so Jesus quotes the law, and he says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's basically, it goes back to the scripture, and he says, What I really need is God's word, not the bread. Okay? We'll talk more about that next week. So the first temptation was a physical thing. Okay, now, here's the second one. We're going to go fast. They take him to the holy city. Look what he says. Then the devil took him into the holy city. What's the holy city? Jerusalem. And had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. Temple is a big building. There was a corner of the temple. I've been at the pinnacle of the temple. It's not the top part of the temple. The temple's gone. But the temple grounds, the pinnacle of the temple was a wall going around the temple. And on one section of it, I think it was the southwest corner, you could go to the edge and look way down. And it's about two or 300 feet to the road down there. That's, most believe that was where the pinnacle of the temple was. And so the devil says to Jesus, watch what he says. The devil took him in the holy city, and he stood on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If, if and it's true, you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. Just jump off the top. Why? Because, and he quotes scripture. By the way, this is going to be lust of the eyes. This is to be seen. He's saying, Jesus, don't you want everybody to know who you are? Don't you want everybody to think you're God? If you jump off the top of this thing and go all the way to the ground, hit the ground, get up and go, I'm fine, then everybody will say, you must be God. So just jump off. Jump off the pinnacle temple. And he quotes Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12, which basically says this. It says, uh, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will bear their hands up, and you won't, foot won't strike against a stone. By the way, that passage has nothing to do with jumping off any kind of building or anything. So Satan takes a portion of Scripture, and what does he do? He, he warps it, and he does it all the time. What did Satan say to Adam and Eve? The day that you eat that fruit, you will be like God. Is it true they'd be like God? Yes, because they know right and wrong. But they would not be like God because only God is God. So he tricked them there. And he's trying to trick Jesus and say, well, you know, the Bible says, jump, you know, nobody's, he won't let your foot get hurt. He won't let your foot get hurt. And so this is to be seen. 
The lust of, what does Jesus say to him? On the other hand, <laughs> Jesus says, oh, by the way, but let me give you another scripture. You shall not put the Lord your God to a test. Now, we're going to see more about what this means next week. How does it fit? What is he trying to do? I just wanted you to see this week what the temptations were and the scripture. Next week, we'll see more. Okay, so eat the bread. I don't need the bread. I need the word of God. Okay, well, then jump off the... By the way, um, how was it that Jesus was going to show people that he was the son of God? By jumping off a building and not getting hurt? Because that's what the devil told him to do. How was it? How did he show that he was the Son of God? Huh? Well, the ultimate one's the resurrection. But did he, did he heal the sick? Did he forgive sins? Uh, did he walk on the water? I mean, did, did, I mean, he did things that nobody could do. In fact, the time that he told that guy that they brought him in on a pallet and he couldn't walk or anything, and he said, your sins are forgiven, and the religious leader said, oh, only God can forgive sin. He said, well, just to show you that I'm God, listen, which is easier to do? Say, get up and walk or forgive sin? Well, I'll show you I have the authority to forgive sin. Get up and walk. And he walked out. So Jesus did only things that God could do. He didn't have to jump off a building to show that he's God. In fact, in the Gospel of John, there are seven signs that Jesus did. He changed the water to wine. He walked on the water. He fed the 5,000. And the last but not least one was he rose from the grave. He didn't have to jump off a building to show that he is God. We got one more. One more. That's the lust of the eyes. That's the second one. Now, here's the third one. He takes him to a high mountain. Notice verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I give you, I'll give you if you fall down and worship me. Now, how could Satan give Jesus the world? I thought God controlled the whole world. Isn't God the creator of everything? Jesus created everything and the whole world and everything. Satan is the ruler. In fact, in the beginning, Adam was the king, right? And Adam was to rule the world, and then Adam sinned, and now Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He's the king of this world. God has allowed Satan to rule the world. That's why Satan influences the world, which affects our flesh. Satan right now, but one of these days, one of these days, the plan is Jesus is going to be king of the world. Jesus is going to be king of the world. The promise to King David, your son will sit on the throne of Israel forever. And then we see the millennial kingdom, which we've been looking at when we saw the book of Daniel. Over and over, what happens? Jesus Christ comes back as the king of kings and lord of lords and sets up the kingdom and rules this world in righteousness and justice. And Satan is then bound for a thousand years while this happens. So Satan says, hey, I got a deal for you. Why don't you, I'll give, if you'll worship me, you can have the whole world. Was the whole world Satan's to give to Jesus? Answer, yeah, he's the prince of the world. What did Satan really want Jesus to do? Jesus had to do what before he could rule? Had to what? Had to die. Remember, there's two comings of Jesus. The first time he came, he came to what? To die. The second time he comes, he comes to reign. And what Satan wanted him to do is let's reverse him. Why don't you be king without dying. And if he didn't die, what happens? There's no payment for sin. See, he says, well, you don't have to go and... Listen, did Jesus want to die for us? Yes and no. When the garden, what did he say? If it's possible, let this cup pass. Listen, who wants... To, he's a human being. Who wants to, to be whipped and scourged and all that stuff and nail there and suffocate and all... I mean, who wants all that? 
He knew, did, did you know he knew everything that was coming, right? So if it would be a way to round it, <laughs> is there a way around it? No. So when Satan says to him, hey, I got a deal for you. You can be the king without the cross. You can be a king without the cross. And see, that, that's, that's the deal. The, the, prince, the pride of life is to be the king. Well, Jesus is supposed to be the king. What if Jesus said, well, you're right. I am, I am supposed to be the king. And this would be an easier way to be the king. And sometimes we say, well, I'm supposed to have this someday. And this will be an easier way to get it right now. Maybe. We'll talk more about that next time. He wanted Jesus to have the crown before the cross. Jesus had to die and then reign. So this third one's the pride of life. And so the three temptations, the bread, jump off, worship. <laughs> Take the bread, jump off the thing so you can be seen. Worship, worship me and all this so that you can have the, cross, have the crown before the cross. Well, next time, we're going to see exactly how he dealt with these things. So we've already seen that he quoted the Word of God, but we're going to see what's he trying to do, how does it work, and then we're going to see the same thing for us. When the temptations come in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, how are we going to deal with those things? And so applications, expect it. Expect it in those areas. Then the physical area, I mean, it's, it's there. Is it not in the physical area? Is it there? Whether it's food, whether it's sex, whether whatever it is, drugs, it's there in our culture. We got people dying. What's the, the opioid, what is it, crisis? What is going on in our country? People are trying to fulfill a physical thing the wrong way. That's the problem. And then there's the lust of the, sight, the, eye, lust of the eyes, and that's either to see something, and we're all drawn to by these things we see, or to be seen. And we need to do it God's way. See, God said, if you want to be great, you have to become what? A servant, right? If you want to be great, you've you got to humble yourself, right? Our world says, no, no, no. Put yourself up. Get to be seen. And then last but not least, pride. Have it now. He told Jesus, you don't have to wait. You don't have to go to the cross to get the crown. We can give you the crown first. So expect temptation. Understand how to deal with temptation. Go to the Word of God. That's what Jesus used. As Jesus did, let us go back to the Word of God. We'll see a lot more details on that next week.